on WAJR AM and FM. This is the talk of the town. From Morgantown to Clarksburg, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free, 1-800-765-8255. Now, here are your hosts for the talk of the town, Dave Wilson and Sarah Giosi. Good morning, everyone. That's mostly true. Dave Wilson is out this week. Sarah Giosi playing it solo over here. (laughs) And it's a good week for it because we've got all of our back to school goodness going on. So I know a lot of folks going back to school today, including Montegalli County Schools. Some went back yesterday, some going back tomorrow. And throughout the week, we will be touching base with a number of our county school superintendents to get some of those updates. Yesterday, we did a nice update with Fairmont State University and West Virginia University. So if you missed any of that, you can always check out the podcast. And um, yeah, so lots of good stuff. Of course, if you have anything you'd like to add to the conversation, you are absolutely welcome to do that. You can uh, send us a message on Facebook, W-A-J-R-A-M. Text us, 304-TALK-304, call toll-free, toll rather, <laughs> 800-765-TALK, 800-765-TALK. Or on Twitter, we are at Dave and Sarah AM. And sorry, I was hearing some residual noise there, and I think we got that all figured out. Uh, yeah, so we today, we are going to get a little bit of an update from Joe Bracato. And you may recall a couple weeks ago, we did a very quick two-minute-ish touch base with him because he has been doing what we're calling the high school football tour and he's been going out to various high schools all over the state and just checking out the football teams seeing what's going on getting a little update on on how the teams are looking how training's going and now he is actually going to be resuming that tour today i do believe we'll we'll find out for sure from him here in just a little bit but he's also just going to kind of give us another update and maybe maybe we can get out of him some of his predictions for this upcoming season hard to believe we're having that conversation let me tell you my sister-in-law sent out yesterday my nephew is on the university high school boys soccer team And she sent out the picture of him in his uniform and the school schedule. And I was just going, oh, my gosh, where has the year gone? And where has the time gone that I have two nephews now that are in high school just started today? I have one that's already he's already in college, but I have two nephews in high school. I feel like it was just yesterday. They were little babies. So anyways, back to school, back to school. Today is that day where you you see all of the obligatory posts on Facebook of all of the parents posting pictures of their kids' first day of school, and they're all on the porch in front of the front door. Do you know what I'm talking about? I've already seen about a 100 of those. So, hey, I love them. You can send those our way. I think that it's charming. But, yeah, so we're going to be talking a little bit about high school football starting up. And then we're also going to be talking with Mark Manchin. He is the Harrison County School Superintendent. He's going to tell us a little bit about what's going on in the Harrison County area. And then I do believe we'll have some time at the end of the show because I felt really bad, especially if you're listening. The caller's name was Chris. I saw that on the call screen. He waited for about 20 minutes yesterday. He wanted to talk roundabouts, and we just ran out of time. I I overschedule. I'm a little bit different than Dave. Dave leaves us a lot of breathing room. I tend to have 
no no extra space left. So I today tried to provide a little extra space. So if you have anything you want to talk about, whether it be roundabouts or pedestrian enhancements, that brought up some some calls yesterday as well. Or if you saw the paper today, MUB did make their decision on the raw water pipeline route. So if you wanted to talk about that, hey, I've got the lines open. And again, it's toll free 800-765-TALK, 800-765-TALK. Feel free to call in. And real quick, we're just going to go through a couple of the headlines for today. I've already kind of teased some of these. Um, Of course, First and foremost, first day of classes in Montegalia County. So at this point, it being nine o'clock, it should the 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 madness of the morning should be over. <laughs> However, don't forget, all week long, you should be prepared for more traffic. We're going to see a lot of additional pedestrians, school buses. I cannot say enough, and maybe it's because I have kids. Please be careful. And if you see those signs that say school bus stop ahead or just be mindful. Being to work a couple minutes late is not worth risking the life of a child. So let's let's just keep all of that in mind. Um, And actually, to talk a little bit more about that, we are once again, let's see, is it tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow's already Wednesday. Tomorrow we will have Ed Preston. Morgantown Chief of Police on one more time. I know we had him on last week to talk about some of these things, but he's going to give us a reminder about with back to school um, for for all of our listening areas, but also with WVU students and Fairmont State University students being back and just some of the sort of tips or best practices for making sure you're being very careful and that we're all being safe out there. So we'll we'll talk to him a little bit about that tomorrow. Also tomorrow we'll talk to him about the fact that we've got some football about to come back up and what are the protocols and and what does it take to get into the stadium and if you remember a couple years ago they changed some of the rules about what you can and cannot take in in regards to bags and things like that so we're just going to get a little refresher on all of that tomorrow and kind of along those lines on Thursday we're going to have Susan Riddowin executive director for the uh, CVB and she'll be in here reminding us about all of the fall activities going on including football games because of course that's a huge tourism market for us and they do have that ambassador program with the CVB so she's going to remind us a little bit about that and how that works and and if you want to get involved so man lots of stuff going on but back to our headlines uh Morgantown man charged with assault now this was according to the Star City Police 23 year old Casey Kerberski of Morgantown attacked a man with a knife then resisted arrest and attacked EMS workers trying to help him police say that Kerberski was chasing another man on a bicycle they approached uh he wasn't cooperative appeared to be under the influence struggled with officers and he ended up falling to the ground and becoming unconscious. The victim told police that Kaberski attacked him with a knife for no apparent reason. Victim had several cuts on his forearm. Forearm Kaberski was charged with malicious assault and is being held in North Central Regional Jail. More to unfold on that, I'm sure. And then the other big headline, and and we will, if not today, definitely either uh, let me see later this week i'm trying to look see i'm already all scheduled out for the week but we're going to get into this a little bit more too but mub picked the route for the water line i mentioned that earlier basically if you've been following this which i hope you have been because that means you've been listening to this show 
they went through about a three-month process. And during that process, there was a lot of discussion. There was public comment. They even did all of that soil testing, which if you recall, maybe it was last Thursday. We talked a little bit about that and uh, told you how you could get yourself a copy if you wanted some nice light reading (laughs) of all of the uh, soil um, testing analysis. You can actually read all about that. Well, based off of all of that information, the MUB... So this is Morgantown Utility Board. They selected the shortest route. So that was Route 3. There were a couple of different routes on the table there. And this is what they have chosen to be their recommendation for a raw water pipeline through White Park. So they did their big board of directors meeting. They voted. It was unanimous in support of Route 3 yesterday. And now what they have to do is they they have to go and secure a licensing agreement with the city. And I believe that that will have to be part of a committee of the whole meeting. So that'll be the end of the month. But of course, City of Morgantown does have a meeting tonight as well. So there you go. Those are kind of your headlines. Again, the the mub route has been a big topic because there was some controversy around how we get water from point A to point B without interrupting the environment and some of the trees there. And uh, there is a lot of conversation around exactly what kinds of trees we have and what kind of not just plant life, but animal life it could be interrupting. And and so, again, they've done a lot of uh, study and analysis and route three is the route that they are now suggesting. All right. What do you say? Because I think Joe Bro. Of course, that's Joe Bricado already on the line. Um, let's go ahead and take our first break. And when we come back, we will get our high school football update. Again, if you have anything you want to add to the show today, I've tried to make a little more space since I didn't make enough yesterday. You can give us a call 800-765-TALK, 800-765-TALK. And if you want to talk roundabouts, which again, if we have time, we might get into that a little bit later. Um, mud pipeline, pedestrian enhancement, any of that good stuff. Give me a call. 800-765-TALK. It is right now 915 on Talk of the Town. W-A-J-R. We're talking about your town on W-A-J-R. Good morning, everyone. 920 now on Talk of the Town here on W-A-J-R. Sarah G.O.C. with you on this lovely back-to-school Monday morning. Dave Wilson out for the week. He will return next week just in time for all of our high school football. And speaking of, we have on the line with us right now, Joe Bricado. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Sarah. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm glad to have you on here. And it is hard to believe. I was just kind of telling the listeners, I got a picture yesterday of my nephew. Now, he's not playing football. He's playing soccer, but still fall sports in his Soccer uniform, the whole team there ready to go. Today, first day back to school. I just, it's hard to believe we're here again. It, it, it's a great time of the year. And, you know, it, it seems like it's like the off season gets shorter and shorter for everything. And, uh, you know, first uh, week of August, everybody's back at it for practice. And uh, great time of the year. So we're ready to go for the uh, opening kickoff next week. Yes, opening kickoff next week. Now, you've been doing our our high school football tour. Do we have an official – is that just what we're calling it? Is there an official term for this? We're going with Metro News Goes to Camp. That's what we okay. uh, came up with and uh, starting the, the second week of it later today. All right, yes. Yeah, so today you're back on the road. How has it been going so far? What have you been observing? It's been good. Um, 
the first week uh, when I talked with you uh, a couple weeks ago when I was uh, in Beckley, I believe, I uh, visited a lot of schools in southern West Virginia, got to spend two days in the Charleston area, uh, one day in Parkersburg, and uh, really got a chance to get out and see a lot of the schools that we may not usually get to visit on a weekly basis to uh, see games, but uh, had a lot of great conversations with coaches. I think the um, the biggest takeaway that I had from talking with uh, the, the different coaches at the 18 stops that I was able to make was, and, and a lot of these are some of the programs that are, are usually traditionally strong or coming off better years. Um, and even though there's a number of uh, teams around the state that are struggling with low numbers, uh, being able to get enough, enough kids out to play in you know, Notre Dame, unfortunately had to cancel their season due to low numbers. A lot of programs are doing reasonably well uh, with bringing in younger kids to the program. And they may not necessarily be ready to play as freshmen and sophomores, but uh, a lot of programs, at least that I've talked to, the numbers appear to be up. So that's a bit of an encouraging sign. Of course, it depends, you know, where your team stands, but uh, the numbers were decent for a lot of the schools that I've visited. You know, I guess getting into the psychology a little bit here, and again, we are speaking with Joe Bricado. We're talking about high school football, which will be kicking off next week. I... So we've been seeing this trend in the lower numbers, and and one day, I don't even remember, this might have been two years ago, we had Coach Kelly on, and Dave and I were kind of discussing perhaps why this trend is taking place. Does it have to do with concussions? Does it have to do with work ethic? All of those things. Um, Other trends that, that I've seen, and I haven't kept up on all of these rules, but I've talked to some parents and even some coaches in the, the surrounding areas. You know, back back in my day, Joe... When we did fall sports or any sports, you were able to do conditioning in a very different way. Kids would come in conditioned, and then you'd go in and you'd work extra hard to go up that next top notch. And we would have two-a-days, and there were very few rules and stipulations in regards to how much time had to be in between and how long we were allowed to be practicing for, things like that. And, and I think some of that has changed as well. Does that sound right to you? Well, it's interesting you say that because the first day, some of the stops that I made uh, were in Mercer County, uh, this Bluefield uh, in particular, and they were already their teachers were already back to school on August fifth, the first day of practice. So, wow. so they didn't have any two days uh, with schools in a lot of districts and a lot of counties around the state starting earlier. Yeah, you see a whole lot fewer two days, and teams are having to go with uh, with a single practice. Now there are. Uh, limits as to how many times that you can do a two-days. I believe you have to have a day in between now, uh, two-day practices. You can go two practices one day, have to go one the next, and, and so forth. But there have been some changes to that recently, and, and a lot of it does have to do with the earlier start date for a lot of uh, counties around the state. Hmm. And conditioning feels very different. Now, if you're partially because of what we're talking about, if you're cutting some of those two a days or you're cutting the time that you can be doing your basic conditioning, then what that means is to do your conditioning, you have to cut into the time where you were typically doing skills and drills or you have to expect that those students come in already conditioned. Have you been seeing that or hearing about any of that from the coaches? I think a lot of coaches really value what's been added within the past decade, which is the three-week summer workout during the window and, or during the during the summer, where teams can really get together. And they're not, you know, when they get together in June, they're not 
padded up. They're not, you know, in helmets usually. They're basically just running through plays. They're trying to get uh, plays installed and to condition a little bit. And you lose some of it a little bit during the month of July. But, you know, for the most part, that three-week period that a lot of teams use during the month of June uh, allows teams to get, you know, a little bit more in, in football shape. Um, you know, some schools will take a week prior to the start of practice in August and use that as one of their three weeks. Mm. So there, there, there's different ways at it, but I think that that added three-week window that's been installed about a decade ago has really, really helped a lot of teams. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you a hard question. It might make you unpopular, Uh but maybe not. Do you think kids are weaker these days? When you're going out and you're looking at the uh, practices and as they are training up to go back, I I guess the reason I ask is because, you know, when you're doing your front porch sitting and everybody's talking, you hear that, oh, kids are weaker. (laughs) Do you think that's true or is that just a bad perception from those of us that would like to think that? I remember, a con- I remember a conversation I had with a longtime Grafton head coach, Mike Skinner, uh, maybe about 15 years ago. So that kind of changed okay. a little bit, but it's probably, it's probably true today. And he said, you know, he'd been a veteran coach for, uh, you know, a number of years at Grafton High School. And I asked him, you know, how kids kind of changed over the years. Is it easier to coach them? Is it more difficult to coach them? And he said, one thing that changed is air conditioning. Like, I, it kind of took hmm. me back for a little bit and I was, I thought about it and, um, you basically said, you know, at the time, you know, it, when he was growing up, you know, kids had to get outside to, you know, to do things and, you know, to be comfortable. You didn't want to sit around the house all day. Well, air conditioning and a lot of what a lot of coaches are now saying is, you know, video games, there's, there's a whole lot more entertainment options being able to sit inside rather than have to go outside and, and sweat and go through the toughest, uh, <laughs> part of the weather months. So, you know, the, yeah, coaches, I think, generally agree there's a whole lot more distractions. There's more sport offerings generally nowadays um, than there were, you know, a few years ago. So, you know, those are kind of – I don't know if it's necessarily a um, – like kids are softer or weaker, but there's more options and there's certainly more distractions, no question about it. Yeah. Again, we're speaking with Joe Bricado. Joe, where are you off to today? Uh, headed over to the Eastern Panhandle. We'll be there for two days uh, today. Checking in with the uh, defending state champions in Class AAA from Martinsburg, and also visiting uh, Musselman, who they defeated in the semifinal round. And then tomorrow, on the way back in town, uh, we'll be checking out Frankfurt and Kaiser. And then the uh, tour will conclude Wednesday or Thursday. I'll be visiting uh, three schools up in the Northern Panhandle: Wheeling Park, Wheeling Central, and Weir High School. All right, so it's still too soon. You haven't seen everybody yet. I can't get your predictions yet, but maybe, maybe you know, a couple weeks here, we'll get your predictions. We'll really put you I on the will, spot. I will have them at the ready. No doubt. <laughs> All right, thanks, Joe. Safe travels. Okay, thanks, sir. All right, that's a good point. Air conditioning. So maybe kids aren't weaker. Well, I don't know. Does that make kids weaker, that they're not conditioned because they don't go outside? Uh, Chicken egg question there, maybe. Interesting. All I know is that when I'm around my dad and hanging out even with my husband and we're talking about kids these days, there's just some questions about where we're at in the world of conditioning and work ethic and what these teams look like. And again, the low numbers. Notre Dame had to cancel their program this year. That, That, to me, just blows my mind. Even when I was in school, Football was a huge part, not just of the community culture, but it was a it was part of the school's identity. So to get to a point where you're canceling programs is just it's it's a really interesting, I think, almost sociology question. So. 
All right, there you go. That was today's high school sports update. And now we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Harrison County Schools being back in session. But right now it is 930. So let's get a news update from the Metro News Anchor Desk. And this is our opportunity to find out what's happening all across the beautiful state of West Virginia. Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town on WAJR. Good morning, everyone. 934 now with Talk of the Town. Sarah Giosi here, Dave Wilson out. And, of course, it is back to school. (laughs) Hard to believe. And, And just real quick. Reminder, if you would like to participate in the conversation as our deep voice guy just said for you there, 800-765-TALK, 304-TALK-304 on our text line, WAJRAM on Facebook or at Dave and Sarah AM on Twitter. And right now, who better to have on to tell us a little bit about back to school than the Harrison County School Superintendent, Dr. Mark Manchin. Good morning. Sarah, how are you doing? I am great. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm excited. It's another school year, and this is my 44th school year, and I'm as excited uh, this year as I was the very first year. I love that. I love the enthusiasm. See, you never know if somebody's going to be stressed out about coming back to school, especially as a superintendent. I imagine this is a very big week for you. Now, did you guys? are you guys going back tomorrow? No, we're going back Monday, Monday. on the 26th. Okay. Uh, the teachers are all back today, and in fact, uh, I'm on my way back to uh, Clarksburg, but uh, uh, we'll be visiting over the next couple of days uh, with faculties around the county, visiting schools and in preparation of um, of the new school year starting August 26th. Wonderful. So you'll go around and visit all of the schools and just make sure everybody's kind of ready to go, everything smooth sailing like a good captain does? Is that the idea? But- well, I'd like to think that that analogy is correct, like a good captain. Actually, we had all of our principals at a retreat. We've just, there were, were uh, I'm actually coming back from a retreat we held at Stonewall Jackson Resort. We had all of the uh, principals and our board members and all coming together for a uh, discussion about uh, this coming school year. Uh, you know, it, it, it's got to be like a well-oiled machine. Uh, and And we all have to work together. We all have to prepare together. So that when those children show up, and I think the people of Harrison County, and for that fact, Bond County or any other county in this state, uh, have a right to demand of us uh, that their tax dollars be used to prepare their children for the future there, and that's what we're doing. So, uh, yes, and answer your question, I'll be visiting. I don't know if I'll get to all the schools. We have 26 schools, but uh, over the next month I will. I'll visit every school uh, in, in the county, which I do quite often, but we'll be visiting uh, uh, faculties and faculty senates and talking to them. and. Uh, you know, registering their concerns and, and uh, see our job, there is our resource allocators, mine and the Board of Education. We just need to get our teachers and our service personnel uh, the tools to be successful, the resources to be successful. And to be frank with you, just get out of their way and let them run their schools and let them <laughs> teach. And I feel comfortable um, in that model. It's worked for me in the past in Harrison County. And like I said, North Central West Virginia is incredibly blessed to have such great superintendents, great super. Uh, great teachers, great principals, and great boards of education. So we're excited about this coming school year. 
You know, we just were talking right before the break. I had Joe Bricado on, one of our, our sports guys here. And we were talking a little bit about high school athletics, in particular football. And, and I asked the, the difficult question of, are, are kids getting weaker? And we kind of talked about maybe some of the psychology or sociology behind that a little bit. So I, I guess not asking you that question, of course, but in regards to adapting and how obviously the times are changing, students are changing, parents are changing. Is there anything new you're looking forward to this year or that you have sort of in the five-year plan? Any of these ideas around adapting for how the new students look and work? Oh, absolutely. And in fact, if you don't prepare for the future, then you're destined to miss it and not prepare your students uh, for the future. Uh, absolutely. Um, a statistic you may be aware of there is that 70% of all new jobs that will be created over the next uh, 10 years will not require a four-year college degree. And, and half of those jobs will not require any additional uh, post-secondary education. So we're aware of that, and we're kind of shifting uh, in Harrison County. The paradigm shift will be towards more and more relying on uh, career and technical education, uh, when they walk across that stage, they'll be prepared to a licensure or a certification. They'll be, be prepared to go directly into the world of work and make between forty, fifty thousand dollars entry level jobs, or at least uh, uh, at the, you know, perhaps one additional year, maybe two additional years. In fact, this year we're starting a, a new aeronautics uh, program in Harrison County that students, uh, when they are complete uh, at, at our school in uh, public education. They can get an FAA uh, certification, which will open them up to a myriad of jobs, uh, good-paying jobs. You see, Sarah, let's, let's make this very clear. Education is great, but let's be honest about it. Education has one purpose, at least in my mind, philosophically, and that's to prepare our children for the future. And, uh, you know, that they, they can go in and get a good-paying job and, and, and enjoy all the fruits that this great country has to offer. So we want to make sure that our students have that uh, the necessary uh, training, necessary background, necessary knowledge to be successful in life. That is the uh, job one, and that's the highest priority here in Harrison County Schools. So uh, we're looking more and more to, and, and we're not suggesting, I want to make this clear to your listeners, we're not saying that college is not important anymore. When I was growing up, that was always everybody talked about. But we are saying is that so many people get that four-year college degree and don't utilize it. Uh, we want to be more specific. We want to make sure that our children uh, have a, a good quality education that not necessarily means going on the four years of college. We're speaking with Dr. Mark Manchin, Harrison County School Superintendent. It's as if you've read my journal. <laughs> you know, we joke on well, here a ahead, lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave, and, and Dave cares very deeply about this too, but I tend to get almost riled up about it a little bit. Uh, maybe it's because I have two two young ones of my own, but about, you know, the future of education and how we're creating these future ready students. And my husband and I, we actually came up with a little list. Now, keep in mind, both of my boys are under the age of two right now, so I'm way ahead of myself here. But we made up a list of some things besides ABCs and how to count to 10 and all this. Long term, what do we want to teach them? And we included things like how to Fill out a check from your checkbook. <laughs> and, you know, some of these life skills that we're not necessarily focusing on as much anymore. And, you know, I think whenever we're talking about college, and I agree with you, this is not to downplay the importance of college necessarily, but looking at how we're creating these students that maybe don't follow the traditional college tracks because we have some of these amazing jobs. I did not know the statistic, by the way, 
30% of the new jobs won't require that, that four-year college degree. That's amazing to me, especially whenever I look at the cost of college and, you know, to go and have thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in student loans and then maybe still be living in your parents' basement. It sounds to me like Harrison County Schools, this is what you're trying to avoid. Well, and I think you touched upon it, and, and, and the statistics that I have is 70% of all new jobs created over the next 10 years will not require a college degree, mm. uh, and half of those will not require any additional post-secondary if, indeed, a, a school system uh, you know, has a model that addresses those needs for certification or, or licensure. Mm. Uh, so when they walk across the stage, they'll be ready to go directly in the world of work, but you let me let me pose a question to you, Sarah. Go go ask the, uh, your friends or uh, those people that you know, and ask them. You know, those who have a four-year college degree, how many actually are utilizing that college degree uh, as it was intended? I suggest to you a large number are not that they went into a field that they're not in now in college, and maybe still have debt. Uh, I'm a parent. I have my wife and I have five children. They're all adults now, but uh, I'm still paying off college debt. So, you know, what we're trying to do, not only, obviously, the financial consideration, but the practical application of getting ready for this for this world. And I think we owe it to the taxpayers in the county of which we live. I know you're uh, – I'm, I'm speaking to people throughout north-central West Virginia. Mm-hmm. But uh, let me tell you this, is that uh, we owe it to the parents and everybody who cares about these young boys and girls uh, to be most as efficient and effective as we can in providing their education. So that's what we're. That's the direction we're going in. We're we're looking at the oil and gas industry. We're looking at the technology industry, coding, artificial intelligence. Uh, there is a myriad of uh, professions out there. That are, I mean, I'm telling you, in some instances, pay sixty thousand dollars a year that do not require a college degree. So uh, that's uh, more and more the direction I think that uh, not only Harrison County but many school systems are going in. Wish you could see me right now. You're getting a, a standing ovation over here. So, again, we are speaking with Dr. Mark Manchin, Harrison County School Superintendent. I've only got a couple minutes left, so this might be too loaded of a question. But, you know, there seems to be an obvious correlation between parent engagement and student success. So as we are embarking on yet another new school year here, are there any ways that you're working specifically to encourage parents and guardians to participate or to get them involved? Oh, sure. Yeah, and, and obviously, uh, you can't legislate uh, people loving their children, but we're very blessed uh, in, in many areas that we have uh, parents who love their children, who, who want to be involved. So, yeah, but in some instances, unfortunately, we have to factor the parents out because it, it, perhaps they don't have parents. Uh, they have issues. Uh, in, in, in many of our, our homes, uh, one parent is, is raising children, and we have a large number of there, we have a large number of grand, grandparents who are raising mm. children. In fact, we started a grand families program here in Harrison County, uh, and, and that's incredibly difficult. But uh, in answer to your question, yeah, through technology, uh, uh, we have push notifications. We let people know what's going on in our schools. Uh, we have uh, night where we, we uh, have children or have parents invited to our schools. Uh, we, we, we have a number of different programs to allow our children and uh, their parents to to interact in our schools because that, that is a major focal point uh, for parents in trying to raise their children. And not only parents, obviously, grandmothers, grandfathers, aunts, uncles, and so many in an extended family. So in answer to your question, and I know we don't have a whole lot of time, we do uh, a number of things because we think that is critical. I think what you said earlier, 
that uh, there's a direct correlation between success in school and support at home, and we found that to be the case. So uh, we're encouraging that and working very diligently in that in that area. Well, thank you. I'd love to get you on again sometime here as we continue through the school year, kind of get an update, hear how things are going. I'm, I'm particularly interested in, you mentioned the Grand Families Program, and just, you know, I, I love the philosophy that you guys are bringing to Harrison County Schools, and I just, I think it's wonderful and would love to hear more about it in the future. Unfortunately, we're out of time for now, though. <laughs> well, Sarah, thank you. I enjoyed it. Well, thank you so much, and have a wonderful back to school. Again, that was Dr. Mark Manchin, Harrison County Schools Superintendent. We'll be speaking with some of our other local county superintendents here throughout the week and hitting some of these topics. Again, how are we getting parents involved? What are we doing about school safety? How are we looking at future-ready kids? Um, These are some of the the really big philosophical questions we've been having, and some of these have come up a lot in, in legislation lately as we've been talking more and more about the omnibus bill and might even be able to get Roman Preziozo on this week to talk a little bit about where that bill ended up landing and how he feels about it. So back to school week, guys. And you're listening to all of the back to school goodness here on Talk of the Town. Up next, we are going to talk a little bit more about some of these current events, local news um, with Ben Conley of the Dominion Post. And that'll be happening on the other side of the break on WAJR. Listen to the Talk of the Town podcast anytime, anywhere, online at WAJR.com. It's now 9.51 on Talk of the Town. We've got a few minutes here. So to join in on the conversation, we've got Ben Conley of the Dominion Post. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Sarah. Did you get stuck in any of the back-to-school traffic this morning? No, I'm uh, I'm working late for city council tonight, so I'm uh, I'm safe at home in my living uh, room. But I did I did want to tell you two words: guest host. Oh, I'm not hey. offended or anything. I'm just saying. Hey, you know what? It's not too late. I've got the rest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> that would get somebody fired, almost certainly. <laughs> so, Ben, you know, there's been a lot going on in the news lately. And you, again, being our roving reporter from the Dominion Post, I thought it would be good to get you on to just give us a couple of the highlights. In particular, two of the things, and I, I kind of mentioned them in passing yesterday, and Man, I got some calls. One of the first uh, maybe controversial things I accidentally started yesterday was talking about the roundabouts. Can you give us a little bit of an update on where that's at? Yeah, there are actually two roundabout projects that have been, uh, you know, discussed recently, most recently at the MPO Policy Board meeting, one at uh, University Avenue and Collins Ferry Road, the other on Green Bag Road uh, at the intersection of Kingwood Pike. Uh, the Kingwood Pike Green Bag Road project, it appears like it's been uh, delayed, uh, potentially substantially delayed. Uh, there's a pretty extensive environmental assessment that needs to take place, um, which is a fairly recent occurrence. Mm-hmm. I think um, you know that's kind of come out of the DOH, according you know to some folks with the MPO, kind of out, out of left field uh, recently. So that one's kind of put on the back burner. The other one um, over at um, University appears to be moving forward, although there is a lot of pushback from the uh, folks in the community over there who say they don't want it and feel like it's going to kind of throw their neighborhood into chaos. And that's one of the big concerns with the Greenback Road one as well, correct? 
Yeah, I think a part of the concern also is they say, why not turning lanes? Why, mm-hmm. you know, there's a family farm there on the corner that they're going to eat into as far as, you know, taking land for this roundabout. And they're, you know, those folks are saying, why not put in turning lanes? Turning lanes were adequate at one point. I think, you know, more than a decade ago, the DOH said they wanted to put turning lanes in there. But they've kind of gone away from that. And the roundabout there is actually part of a much larger project that would include another roundabout further on up Greenbag Road. Mm-hmm. And it all told about $10 million worth of work. Yes. And delaying $10 million worth of work is what, as we heard a statement from County Commissioner Tom Bloom, uh, th- they have a lot of concerns about that. Well, they do. I think a lot of that stems back to kind of like a, um, I don't know if you would call it a reputation, whether it's, you know, warranted or not in, in Charleston that, you know, the folks in Montgomery County can't stay on the same page. But a lot of times what happens then is the DOH basically says, well, all right, when you get your ducks in a row, come back and talk mm-hmm. to us. And that ends up delaying the projects or end up getting them scrapped altogether. Yep. Well, that's the roundabout update. I wanted to get it from your voice as opposed to from mine. And and maybe, you know, we're actually, I can't believe it, Ben. I don't know how this happened, but I'm already out of time. So maybe another day this week, as you were joking about being the co-host, maybe I can get you on. We can talk more about MUB. We could talk a little bit about some of these pedestrian routes, city council meets tomorrow, all sorts of stuff going on. Well, we're glad to do it. All right. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. You're listening Bye. to Talk of the Town. You're listening to the Talk of the Town on WAJR. And I've done it again. I've taken myself right up against the clock. This is Talk of the Town. Sarah Giosi here with you tomorrow where we will be hitting some back to school again a little bit more. And uh, we'll also be talking with Ed Preston about how to be safe with the back to school right here. Talk of the Town, WAJR. Have a great day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.